0: Blog talk radio. Black kick It's right? Black
1: Free Thinkers, will we walk by sight with a bright flashlight to illuminate night? Free thought, we don't walk by space In the lost mind state, cause it's not quite safe We don't recruit, we're not peers from a church So don't be spooked, we're not here to convert The only truth that's not pulled from a text. Show me proof that's not good after death This is the challenge to think for yourself Break it out of the bottle and speak what you felt 310-982-4273 to get through A venue for community and this is the zone If you'd like to speak with Kim, then pick up the phone 310-982-4273 to get through The next tree branches Rainer, and it's best you listen to Reason, science, and skepticism It's loaded with straight facts, inspiring and dope She can make Bill Nye retire with lab coat Humans are hilarious and every other Friday I'd like to hear commentary on culture people So I hit up Super Mario and bring in Emmeline to discuss why we're capable of ultra evil It's normal for my brain to have a two-way street But if there's collisions, well then you got to just mention it And don't be afraid of where the truth may lead Ignoring your position, impagement and dissonance My father Teresa preaches it's hard to stop So Kim paired me up with Alfred in the barbershop I have a family and all these places now As the free thought tree pollinates the rain This is the challenge to think for yourself Break it out of the bottle and speak what you felt 310-982-4273 to get through A venue for community and this is the zone If you'd like to speak with Kim then pick up the phone 310-982-4273 to get through Where we walk by sight with a bright flashlight to illuminate night Uh, we don't walk by faith and a lot of my faith cause it's not quite
0: safe.
2: And just like that, we in here.
3: Hi. What's
2: going on, Em? Raina's on here I'm doing somewhere. great. Hey. Hello, hey,
3: everyone. Guys. <laughs> um, the evil one cannot join me this Friday evening. He has to work. So I will be joined by Raina Rhodes of the RSS feed and one half of the Breakbeat, um, MC Brooks himself. Um, so the three of us will be doing the show tonight. And we're just going to be talking about random um, – well, not – and not so random – um, events in the news and in pop culture, so get ready for a very exciting show. Most deaf. Yay. All right, let's jump right into this. What topic of the many that we covered shall we discuss first? Uh,
2: you know, well, ladies' choice, so well, we can, how about you pick one? We'll go from there okay um
3: I'm going to start with this one it's, it's It's one of the more serious ones that we have to discuss um a school in the salt lake in salt lake city um um district um took kids lunches away because they had unpaid lunch bills approximately forty kids had their kids had their meals taken away in front of their peers, no less um for not being able to because they owed on their lunch bills and they were basically humiliated in front of their classmates, and the school tried to make light of the situ- situation by saying, you know, we wouldn't let kids go without food entirely. We took their normal food trays away, but we gave them fruit and milk, but the the fact of the matter is, A, there's not nearly enough food for a child that hasn't eaten since breakfast, and many of these children probably um, didn't eat breakfast if they're on a reduced lunch plan, um, and... Also, that their, their lunches and trays were taken away from them in front of their peers for unpaid um, lunch balance. Yes, yeah, so and they threw the lunches away. I heard away. about this story. Yeah, I heard this story. Okay, and a lot of and it bothers me on so many levels. First of all, you have you've decided that these children, um, you know, they're not worthy of their food because their bills weren't paid, and so you've now wasted food. <laughs> on, yeah. on, top of every, on top of embarrassing these young children in front of their peers. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. and, 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 and And also shaming them, you know, and punishing them for what really isn't their fault. The kids have no control. Exactly. Over when things get exactly. paid. Exactly. I'm pretty sure none of them have a job to pay their own bills and pay for their own lunch. They shouldn't be punished exactly. because their parents don't have enough money. And what bothered me right. the most about the situation isn't, isn't merely um, you know, not giving them lunch or taking the lunch away in front of their peers, but the level of cruelty involved with taking the lunch away only to throw it in the trash. They weren't right. even giving the lunches to other kids who were paying. They had excess and they were throwing those lunches away. Exactly. I mean, it's, right. it, I mean and then and then to think about how much food gets wasted anyway. You know what I mean? And not exactly. just in school lunchrooms but you know, in, throughout our country. You know what I mean? It's and, just, we're just a wasteful society and it's just to me it just reeks of classism. You know what I mean? Right? Like like here like here take this away from this peasant. Here you go peasant, here's some fruit and milk. You know what I mean? Yeah. Pretty much. You right. starve. Like, and, it's, and it's so stupid. It's so stupid because when you think about it, I mean, here, are these, these are young kids. These, aren't, you know, these are young children. These aren't grown people. You know what I mean? So now you're sending them back into the classroom underfed, you know what I mean? And you expect learning to take place.
2: Yep, and and the then you expect learning to make. take
3: place after. And then you expect learning to take place even after they've been embarrassed. Like, take away the part where they're not is, It's not the first time I've heard this from, from various yeah. school districts around the country where this has happened. Um, they've either let the children go without or they've taken the food away from them, and it was always the same end result. The child was humiliated, hungry, and the food was thrown away because there wasn't mm-hmm. a shortage of food at any of these schools. Right. I mean, and this here's is my thing. It's like, expert. I really think. Regardless of whether or not the, the, the lunches were being paid, it is a public school, it is not a private school, it is publicly exactly. funded. If you have exactly. excess food, then it should go to the child. You're not going to store it away somewhere, exactly. um, you know. And this isn't exactly high quality cuisine. I know how no. meat, especially in this country, is distributed. The finest cuts are reserved for the top restaurants. Then, you know, um, you know, um, airlines. Then hospitals. Then prisons. Then schools. Public schools right. at the bottom of the totem pole when it comes to to um, um, food distribution based on tax dollars. So they right. can miss me with this with this BS about, you know, the the kids can't pay so they can't eat. The food isn't that great and <laughs> you obviously had enough to throw away. And it was already given to them at that point. It's like right. you can't you can't serve it to somebody else. You know what I mean? And yeah. to throw it in the trash is just wasteful on top of just being cruel. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And it's like and my whole thing is and you know, Kim um Kim and I have talked about this before. Um I, I think they should, I think that breakfast and, 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 and at the very least lunch, you know what I mean, should just be free, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? It should just be expected that all kids get breakfast and lunch at school, you know yeah. what I mean? I mean, if, if, if they, nothing else, definitely breakfast, because first of yeah. all, schools start very early. There have been multiple studies mm-hmm. that show that the human brain isn't fully awake until 10 a.m., so if you're hungry on top of that, I don't understand how any learning is going to get done. Okay, well agreed, but I mean i say I say lunch too, and the reason I say lunch too is because I mean, there are a lot of people in this country, i mean not even middle class families, you know for whom you know that that dollar fifty three dollars you know whatever lunch is up to now, I remember it was like a dollar fifty when I was in school,
0: you yeah, know what I mean? as a, as a kid yeah.
3: yeah, it's like that dollar and fifty cents like to to most of us doesn't sound like a whole lot. But it adds up. I mean, you know, right. children, you know, and, you know, these are, <laughs> you know, this is what parents do. And it's like the, the idea, you know, the idea that, like, I don't know, I lost my train of thought. But the point is that, <laughs> is that you know, we don't know what these kids get. You know what I mean? <laughs> At the very least, they should be able to come to school and, and be guaranteed, in, in my opinion, two meals. You know what I, I mean? I went to public schools, the average the public school, and I know there are public schools that are trying to revamp the school lunches. They understand how important nutrition is for them, for, for kids. So they're getting, like, mm-hmm. organic meals or vegan meals or unprocessed meals, and it's been having great benefits. But the average mm-hmm. public school, and by average I mean over 90%, they have a protein, they have a vegetable side, they have milk, and it's – and they sometimes sometimes they have a dessert on that lunch tray for you most mm-hmm. of these meals um, you know the I, I told you about the meat distribution they, they get the worst cuts of, of meat in public schools period the milk is a very agreed, big but agreed. Carton, and i'm not and, and i'm they not dispen- do, I'm, they do reuse they do reuse the food that's not eaten in some of the schools they just put it in the refrigerator and they break it out you know, the next lunch day or two lunch days from now. So the fact of the matter is, besides the the meals being very, very cheap to put together, it is a publicly funded institution, and a lot of the schools do reuse the food that goes uneaten. There's absolutely no point in the child going hungry, and absolutely no point in throwing the food away. Agreed. Agreed. No, and it's like, and, and it's just it, sickening. It's just, it's, just it's, it's just really sickening. But, I mean, especially now to me in, the, in this environment where so many parents have lost their jobs, you know what I mm-hmm. mean? Where, you know, where their food insecurity is, is growing, is a growing problem. Um,
0: mm-hmm. You know,
3: I was just listening to um, a report the other night about, um, you know, how, you know, college students are like the are, are like the are, they're 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 the homeless people who are not being acknowledged. Like there's a lot of college students who are who are homeless. Like they don't, yeah. they don't have a place that they go to every night that's theirs. You know what I mean? Some of them can't even afford lunch plans. You, I, I remember I, remember, I remember Right. I remember I when I was in college, like, you know, I didn't always have a lunch plan. You know, luckily mm-hmm. I had parents. You know what I mean they could give me money, but like the lunch plans were ridiculous, and then the food wasn't very good, you know what I mean? yeah, so I remember mean, not buying lunch plans all the time, but I remember my friends would joke about how horrible the school lunches were, and you know people make that joke about you know um college students eating ramen noodles and tuna and stuff like mm-hmm. that, but it's really not a joke, it's reality for no it's a lot not. Of college students and they would consider themselves lucky if they have that ramen or they have that tuna because exactly it's right. very very hard. We live in a country that has one of the poorest, even um, um, post-secondary educational systems, but also one of the most expensive. Mm-hmm. And so um, when you and we're talking about at the college level, we're talking about the elementary level, which again, it's a publicly funded institution. And I mean, right. the kids, the, the schools, you know, aren't really, you know, going broke. I've never seen a broke school superintendent before. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I know they're getting paid right. off of tax dollars as well. So again, you know, mm-hmm. and obviously it's not going to break the bank if you have so much that you can afford to throw it away. <laughs> right. I mean, it's 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 really sad, but um, and it just brings up and then and then thinking about food in general, like it it's sort of it, it just it's frustrating when you think about, you know, what the politics of food are because food really is political. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? the type of food mm-hmm. that you have access to. You know, as sad as it is oh, yes, that you sure. know that as sad as sad as it is that school lunches are not the most nutritious meals available, in some communities they're the most nutritious meals available. You so know they're I mean? the only meals available. Yeah. Exactly. Like that might be eating, the only thing it's, that a child it's, it's eats the that entire day. It's yeah. If that's the only meal you're getting, and by default, it's the most nutritious meal you're eating. Right, um, you right. You know, I was fortunate enough that I didn't really have to eat school lunches because I hated the way they tasted. I had a mother who cooked every night and gave me delicious leftovers for lunch the next morning. And mm-hmm. even as a young child, I understood what a luxury it was that I had home-cooked meals. I had a, a mom who, you know, would make the time – and um, could spread the money to buy the food to cook for me to bring to school. Not everyone's parents had the time to make them the meals. Not everyone had the money to um, give them um, food for lunch every day. And, you know, uh, there were some kids, you know, their parents, even if they had the time, they didn't have the money. They didn't, you know, have any option but to give their kid the school lunch. And Mm -hmm. I I was in an elementary school during a recession. Mm -hmm. You know, most of my friends, their parents had jobs. Um, you know, there was no one out here who could say, you know, my mom or dad isn't working. Like, both parents are out of work. That was, like, unheard of um, mm-hmm. back then. So I can only imagine how frustrating it is, especially because the cost of lunch has gone up in public schools. Everything right. has gone up except the the value of the education itself. <laughs> hmm hmm um, it's, it's crazy. It really, really bothers me. Um, I mean, like I said, beyond the way the kids were humiliated, the way, the way that the lunches were thrown out, because this is something that you wouldn't think would happen in the United States, and you wouldn't think would happen in a public institution. If perhaps this happened in a private school, I would be more able to understand because those meals are funded by parents' tuitions. And you have an account for everything. You have a school account for your tuition and a school account for your lunch. So they would tell you, hey, your account's low uh, and, you know, um, contact your parents or something like that. I don't understand why this would ever happen in a public school. Yeah, I mean, even in a a private school, I would have a problem if somebody told, told me that story. You know what I mean? Oh, I have but, a problem with it, but I, I think I'll be able to understand simply because everything is paid for in a private school. Even no, agreed. Even when you pay agreed. tuition, they want other contributions throughout the no, year and basically the parents for all their worth. No, understood. I'm not taking that away from, from that. I'm just saying I, I still would have a problem with it. You know what I mean? They still mm-hmm. have an obligation, I think, to handle it in an appropriate way. And dealing with the child on an issue like that is never appropriate, <laughs> you know what I mean? So, um, I to, this is, these are some of the comments that I'm reading on the news article on the CBSnews.com um, site. Um, somebody says, if these children are U.S. residents, their parents are paying taxes, and, and they're completing their schoolwork, why would you deprive them of, of, of food? This is an act. Another person says, why couldn't the food go in their belly instead of a trash can? At least it wouldn't have been stupidly wasted, these poor children. Another person says, what kind of America is this? This is not the America that I fought for in the Vietnam War. Um, And another person um, wrote this, don't apologize. This is a good lesson for the kids. There is no such thing as a free lunch. I'm sick of socialist bullshit being taught in schools. It's time kids learned personal responsibility.
2: But that's not the kid's fault. (laughs) <laughs> like right. no, nothing no, here, here, in this whole thing falls on the kid. Their nothing. their sole responsibility is to go there and to learn. Anything involving accounts or in stuff being unpaid not on the kid at all. I don't like where the fuck do you get off saying some shit like that?
3: Right. Yeah, um it, it's 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 I actually mean, that's not an isolated comment. It is the minority, but there's a few comments like this. Um you know, I guess they subscribe to the Anne Rand school of thought. Uh, let every every man is an island. Just do what you got to do for yourself. No one's gonna come help I you. I mean, and <laughs> I feel like I feel like I feel like as time goes on, you know, people are just becoming so insensitive that I feel like I'm. it. it you know, the our country is beginning to look like a Charles Dickens novel. I feel you know that I way, mean? too. Like, we still have child labor laws, but there there's there simply not enough laws protecting children. And every time something like this happens where we want to shame the disabled, we want to shame the poor, we want to shame fill-in-the-blank group, the children in that group always get the brunt of it. I mean, I really feel like, that's like, like that is what, you, what we were talking about in terms of that news article is like something you'd see in Oliver Twist. And not something mm-hmm. you see in a public school, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I, feel I mean like every, when I read that, is. I just, I just thought of that line, you know? Please, sir, can I have some more? And I'm exactly. like, Are you... <laughs> exactly, <laughs> uh, exactly. I mean, this it's... is not something that would want to, I would want to read about happening anywhere. It kind of boggled my mind that it was happening in the U.S. Yeah, I mean, and and it's like. And of course, you know, you know, this is like, you know, during these times, you know, where we're, you know, we're, where we're steeped in, you know, economic, you know, distress and what have you. That's usually when they'd like to roll out these big, you know, these big Hollywood pictures that are supposed to make us identify or feel sorry for, you know, rich people. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you know, they're getting ready to make another like Annie movie. You know what I mean? So oh, it supposed to make stop. us feel good about I being cannot. poor. I cannot. I cannot. You know what I, I, I mean? Cannot. Like, get the hell out of here. You know? I, 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 I'm seriously, I can't do it anymore. I can't do Annie anymore. Um, I know the sun will come out. I know Miss What's Her Face was a bitch. <laughs> I get it, Annie. <laughs> <laughs> I can't do it anymore. Right. It's like the sun will come out and we'll still be broke. So go somewhere And you know what? That. You got to live for a week with, like, the richest man in the Western Hemisphere. Um Right he fell for your charm and you became his adopted daughter like honestly um and the thing about Annie is she was unrealistically idealistic yeah, and that's why yeah. i failed to identify with her character in the first place um yeah. she was like a bootleg version of anne of green gables and i don't know if anyone read that series it was awesome but um you know anne was you know a joyful Sorry, happy person my but she didn't have she didn't have this this idea that if you just hope for the best, people will be nice to you. She kind of made her own way in the world. And I kind of yeah. felt that that was something that was lacking in the Annie series. You know, it kind of yeah. said this idea you know, is and if you're cute enough, and you can sing and dance. Some nice person with lots of money is going to solve your problem. <laughs> yeah. No. What I was going to say um, um, is that you and I were different kinds of, kinds of children. <laughs> <'Cause> <laughs> I know you. you were reading you biology were, books while I was reading. No, like, I wasn't the, reading it. biology books. I was reading like a, I was like reading Poe and like Nathaniel Hawthorne oh, and, po and, like, and, like, and like I wasn't biology. reading Anne of Green Gables. I couldn't. I was like, fuck that happy shit. I read Anne when I was in the fourth grade, and I I I didn't become totally emo to like the ninth grade, and that's when I started reading Poe <laughs> and Hawthorne and mm-hmm. Lebron, and and I and I also started reading like poetry from like you know right. um uh, you know different kind of authors. And
0: I, when I read Anne mm-hmm. again,
3: I was in fourth grade, so I was ten years old, and I was like, this is awesome. It's the best yeah. book ever. To this day, the book has such an impact on me. I still want to visit Nova Scotia. Um, because that's where the series is set um, on Prince Edward Island. So yeah, that mm. that, that, that was a random. I've been to Nova Scotia. There's not a whole lot of popping over there. <laughs> no, I, I, I go for the I go for the scenery.
0: Yeah, I, the I mean it's beautiful. It's
3: beautiful to see. I mean you can see whales and the water's beautiful, but there's really nothing popping on in Nova Scotia. <laughs> Okay, here, okay, let's get back on topic. Our next news story, actually, I don't, I, didn't, I don't think I gave you guys the link to this, but so I will send it to you now. It's, about, mm-hmm. it's also very serious. Um, a Florida missionary has gotten 58 years in prison for sexually abusing indigenous girls in the Amazon. <laughs>
2: surprise.
3: Yeah. I'm, it's not a big, how surprise. about not surprise? Yeah, no, mm-hmm. surprise, I'm not surprised. Um, mm-hmm. I'm never really surprised when this happens. And the only thing that makes his case different, in my opinion, and I'm not saying this is, this is the majority of missionaries, but it isn't, it, isn't, it isn't not normal for missionaries to do this. What makes this different right. is that he actually got caught in the age of information where, because he got caught because he was filming this and photographing mm. it and posting pictures on a child porn mm. website. Had this technology not been available to him, he probably would never got caught and would have been doing this for decades until he retired after doing quote unquote God's work. Mm. I don't think fifty eight years is enough time. Uh, yeah. I don't think so either. I, I, I but mean, yeah, he he disgusting. was visiting the um the Katu um Kina tribe in Brazil um near the Amazon and um He worked for the Sanford-based, Sanford, where have you heard that city in the news before? Sanford, Florida. Mm
0: -hmm.
3: Mm -hmm. Now, we know that is the hometown of the one and only George Zimmerman, who has also made our news and we will be talking about later. But he's Mm. based here in Sanford, Florida, and um, um, he, um, after befriending um, some of the youngsters in the tribe, he abused them for a number of years. Land Security investigation started looking into um, the missionary Warren Kennel is his name after getting tipped off that he posted pictures on a website that let people trade in child porn. Like, hey, you give me your porn of raping a three-year-old and I'll send you the pictures of me raping an 11-year-old or something like that, some other sick shit. Um, but um, he, he worked for the New Tribes Mission Church in Sanford, Florida, and he was arrested um, in May of last year, and it's finally, um, this is making the news, and he's finally getting charged on uh, two counts of charged pornography for 58 years. And that's all he's getting charged for, is a child pornography, not child um, battery or sexual abuse or assault or anything like that. They found more than 940 child porn images on his computer hard oh. drive. Oh, well, that's disgusting. <clears throat> that's that's wow. truly disgusting. Yeah. I, would, I, know, I mean, I wish there was a way to just put those people under the jail. You know, <laughs> seriously. Like, in situations <laughs> like, like you this, just and lived, it's not even that I'm you know death
0: penalty.
2: You know in what? No, it's like not life. about
3: death penalty. It's like we're just going to create a space underneath the jail, and you live literally within a two by like eight foot cell. Mm-hmm. That's it. <laughs> like you can't move, you can't even turn you know it's I mean? to turn like on your it's in situations like this where there's no suspicion of guilt like we know you're guilty it's yeah. not under question right. I really don't care what happens i'm not pro death <laughs> penalty, but if they you know they if the court of law chose to take that route, I wouldn't mind at all you' yep. you know the, your guilt is not in question the crime is not in question, and this is not a minor crime
0: this isn't
3: <laughs> theft this isn't um you know this isn't perjury like this is a real crime that happened over many, many years involving many, many victims. And, again, this is 940 images that were circulating the net, and he was trading them in. And these children's images are everywhere, not to mention the actual acts of, of molestation and rape and sodomy that occurred and abuse of power, abuse of trust. Again, they were minors. And I think that just being sentenced on two counts of child pornography is a slap in the face to not only the victims but the idea of justice as a whole. Right. It's really disgusting. Um, uh, can we move on to another story? I'm sorry. Other topics. <laughs> yeah. George um, <the laughs> Zimmerman, also from Sanford, Florida, made the news today. Um, he is going to participate in celebrity boxing because apparently killing a child um, makes you a celebrity. And yeah. regardless how anyone um, feels yeah. about his guilt or whatever, um, um, he, he it is – is, not debatable that he he did he is the one that took Trayvon Martin's life. The boy didn't commit suicide. Right. <laughs> um, so, right. Um, again, Agreed. He is signing up for celebrity boxing and cashing in on his quote-unquote fame from the trial, and pretty much rubbing everyone's face in it that you know he's Facing gotten him. a lot of notoriety from the trial, and he's going to participate in celebrity boxing and says that he is willing to fight anyone. Um, the rapper the game says that he would love to fight Zimmerman and knock him out in the ring. Now, this guy is 6'5 and very muscular, so he could actually do George a for his money. What bothers me about this, besides him um, whoring his fame out, is the fact that George Zimmerman's um, main point of defense was that he was not a great fighter. He actually had his um arts right, come right? To court. I know. So they I, spent I, a lot of time on that, yeah. on trying to make him seem like he was some kind of wimp and that he couldn't even throw a punch. Yeah, his martial arts instructor, who he's been seeing for years, wanted to convince everyone that he couldn't even throw a punch, and that he certainly couldn't defend himself from a 150-pound teenager. But now right. I'm he will, he will fight anyone, and he's willing to flaunt the fact that he has a background, extensive background in boxing. Uh-huh. Um, so Absolutely. it's like, what the hell? <laughs> yeah, um, I'm just going to say this. Um, I'm not going to watch it because I'm not going to contribute to that foolishness with George Zimmerman, but I hope game... I hope I hope he knocks him the fuck out. Period. <laughs> like, seriously. I, I hope I mean, he knocks him out this, and I then they, they allow him to, him to keep, keep going. You know yeah. what happened? Um, I, I don't know if you guys got wind of this story, but even a couple months before this, George Zimmerman had um, painted a quote-unquote patriotic painting, which um, mm-hmm. was sold. He sold that for um, I believe one hundred and fifty thousand um, dollars on auction. Yes. He got right. of money from supporters during the trial, and after the trial, he was accused of beating his um, his um, pregnant girlfriend and um, his wife, who had one, been one of his main supporters and refused to testify against him. Immediately, proceeded to divorce him after the trial. Um, right, and I mean the fact that he, that um, family never got an apology even from him, uh, and the fact Oop. that he keeps whoring this is, to me, trademark of a sociopath.
2: Yeah. but he's in yo- Right um, now he's in YOLO <laughs> mode. He got off of this yeah. crime, so now he's right. just like, well, you know what? Fuck it. I'm doing whatever the fuck I want because I got That's off, and nobody can tell him shit.
3: Uh, yeah, you I can't feel like convict him now. There's a dangerous atmosphere around him. Where before he was just a crazy lunatic, but now he feels invincible, and people are just being right. incredibly dangerous for society as a whole, especially mm-hmm. when they're sugar happy as he is. Mm-hmm. Yep. I'm, I'm pretty got his sure. Guns I mean, back, right? I mean, pretty sure I heard him or
2: something like that. Yeah, you he got, got his, his gun back, back yeah, like right, his after, right after that trial.
3: Yeah. Mhm. Yeah, it's, it's a situation where um, I feel like whoever comes up against him is probably going to have to be dragged out of the ring. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and um, I really, it really upsets me how many people um, are um, helping to promote the situation by contributing to it financially, um, because mm-hmm. this is something that he will be getting paid for. It, it just bothers right. me that he's been eligible for this, and that he was considered a celebrity. I mean, we have tons of right. celebrities well, that are famous for doing nothing, but, again, they're famous for doing nothing. You're famous for killing someone's child.
2: Right. I think some people are kind of maybe even looking at this as some sort of vigilante justice event, like the game yes. or, or whoever else may get, it to, may get in the ring with this man. is going to go in and whoop his ass, and somehow in their minds they're going to think this kind of validates the, the – uh, the verdict from the trial, the trial last year.
3: No, and it doesn't. But I mean, while he's doing it, he might as well get knocked the fuck out. You know, they I mean? feel like that's I concur. I <laughs> I, I, concur. Um, I completely agree with what Lena yeah. said. You know, if he comes yeah. out of that ring bruised and battered, I'm not going to shed a tear over it. Um, no. I no, no. think much deserved. I wouldn't
2: even. Be, I, wouldn't I, even be, I, wouldn't, be, I wouldn't even be mad if if this turned into some sort of WWE event. Where random motherfuckers started coming out from the crowd, from backstage. And they <laughs> just sent. They just gave this man the centipede treatment. If y'all know what that you means, no that's when you got hundred motherfuckers stomping you out <laughs> at the same time. Right.
3: You have no idea how bad I want Tyson to come out of retirement and repeat that ear biting stunt. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Seriously.
2: And then, know, and then, know, and then know, make George finish the fight anyway. Now.
3: Mm-hmm. Well, George said that he's willing to fight anyone, and he's promoting it on Twitter. And he even specifically mentioned Instagram. black people,
2: right? Wasn't that part of it?
3: Yeah, he's, yeah. Even he's black like,
2: people. I'll fight anybody, including black people.
3: Yes, because we're not included in the, in the anybody. You have to understand that.
2: <laughs> right.
3: Yeah. Um, we're the others. Yeah. We're all of the others. Um, okay, but I'm you know, I mean, that, I think that just tells you how sick our country is, where you can become you can become a celebrity for killing mm-hmm. a black child. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It just tells yeah, you I mean, um, the depth it's, it's of white supremacy that. in our country.
2: And have folks you know? stand Don't behind worry you about on that
3: it. Um, because I know part of George Zimmerman's um, fundraising or whatever um, his his um, his um, father was writing about how, um, how um, black people are the real racist and wrote an uh, e-book demeaning pretty much every person from Jesse Jackson to the funeral director that oversaw Trayvon Martin's funeral. Wow. Um, yeah, I think I, I, really, I remember really reading about that shit. Yeah, um, and he's like, we're the real racist and we're the real problem in this country, and da-da-da-da-da. He was defending himself. You know how that is. He couldn't fight a 150-pound kid, so we'll see how he does against a grown man in the ring. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I mean, you know, Hmm? I was going to say say just, you know, that's, again, white supremacy. I mean, imagine the nerve that it takes to to say that black, brown, and and yellow people are the problem (laughs) when it was your people who robbed them of their land, of their liberty, of their, you know what I mean, of their rights. Mm -hmm as human beings, and then and you get a head start in life, you know what I mean, mm-hmm. in terms of opportunity, and then you turn around and say, oh, but you're the problem. <laughs> really? Pretty much. Pretty you much. know what I mean? Um, let's see. Our next um, topic of discussion and books, I'm going to let you lead in this because I think you're following it a little bit more quirky than I am, is the debacle um, the, 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 the around one Mr. Richard Sherman. The cornerback in the Seattle
2: Seahawks. <laughs> My man. He's been
3: circulating the news for a couple of weeks now.
2: Hey, do you want me to start now? I don't know.
3: Yes, please. <laughs> uh,
2: no, no, no I don't know. Um, Okay. Um, in, in case you've been living under a rock of some sort, you know, for the past two and a half weeks, um, Richard Sherman, relatively unknown cornerback, unless you really, you know, keep up with the NFL, a relatively unknown quarterback in the grand scale of sports, uh, made possibly one of the most epic rants of all time, or in recent history at the very least. When uh, he went on TV, uh, following making, you know, the play that pretty much, uh, took his team to the Super Bowl, uh, went on this rant calling, uh, wide receiver for the 49ers Michael Crabtree a mediocre receiver. And, you know, kind of making the entire interview with uh, Aaron Andrews for, from, I think, ESPN or Fox. I don't remember who she works for. Um, kind of making it uh, a little awkward as far as uh, some folks were concerned. And in the aftermath of Sherman, you know, shouting and kind of going in uh, on Crabtree, not, not only at the interview, but then in the aftermath at the at at his uh, press conference afterwards, and um, in the last two weeks, and all the media appearances, uh, mm-hmm. the media mm-hmm. at whole has is, is kind of taken taken this and just kind of jumped the gun. You, it, it started with folks on Twitter, you know, where you can find probably some of the greatest folks on earth. Because started on Twitter, where you had a whole bunch of white people, mostly white people, I will say. Coming out and calling Sherman any and everything under the sun. Yeah, the, oh, yeah. they, they broke. Long. They broke our words that they probably ain't called us since the eighteen hundreds. Okay. Right.
3: I think I, right. think I saw somebody call him a jigaboo, and I'm like, dude, if you're using the word jigaboo, you're racist, and you've been racist for a really long time.
2: Right. Right.
3: <laughs> like jigaboo <they don't laughs> uses that term anymore. Yeah.
2: Like damn, they, um, they call him porch monkey. Like they they. Porch they monkey. I've seen – they called wow. this man everything under the sun. Like,
3: nigger was probably just being nice. And, of course, the news is nice. new favorite derogatory term, thug. Yeah. I don't know what thug means. He's a thug mm-hmm. because of, of something that he said. Now, let, let, now, let's stop right here. I am not a huge sports fan. I only watch soccer and then only during the World Cup. I don't care about any other sport. Um, and I don't follow football, but I know that trash-talking is a huge – Illustrious tradition in any and all sports.
2: Yep,
3: I played soccer in high school, and I saw kids playing various sports on the playground, trash talking each other. Um, it's part of the sports tradition um, to, you know, kind of bolster yourself and your position. Um, he didn't do anything that that countless professional athletes haven't done for decades.
0: Right. And, right. Well, since, know, the, um, since the dawn of sports,
3: yeah. Yeah, pretty much. It's a dawn of sports. People have been doing this. Tons of them have also been filmed on camera, like him, doing this. Some of them, a lot of them did this in interviews, just like Richard Sherman did. And, you know, I, I, you hear all kinds of things. He's a thug, he's a thug, he's a thug. Why is he a thug? Because he went on a rant during an interview? What if he, has he committed any illicit activity? Um, I've seen so many non-black players do what he did. I've seen some of the most violent behavior. It's in no other sport but the, the one sport that's still dominated by white Americans and Canadians which is hockey. The mm-hmm. most violent crime—the most violent acts go down on the ice. It's not even trash talking. It's take a, a, a hockey stick and a puck to your head, bash your head out, kind of violent. And that's part of the game. <laughs> like they take, they, a, they take a time sugs. out to let them duke
2: it out. And they're, <laughs> <Exactly>. never, they're <laughs> part of it. never
3: called thugs. No one has ever called a hockey player a thug.
2: Nope. That's just, <laughs> that's just part of it. I mean, you could even go as far as baseball, which is primarily white-dominated, where you can launch a 90-mile-an-hour, uh, uh, 90-mile-an-hour ball at someone's head because you didn't like something they said.
0: mean mm-hmm. right. that's
2: okay. Right. Yeah, pretty much. People, people permit it.
3: basketball. I remember when Dennis Rodman was, was playing basketball, um, he would get in fights with other players and with reporters and photographers and journalists all the time. And they would always say he was a bad boy of basketball. Even back then, they weren't calling Dennis Rodman a thug. Um, And he was doing some really thuggish things on the basketball court, like (laughs) stuff that you would get arrested for, you know, if you weren't a professional athlete on the court in the middle of a game. And, you know, again, with with the Richard Sherman issue, it's like, you know, he's a young man, he's a professional, and um, he's college educated, you know, um, doesn't have a criminal record or anything like that or anything Anything besides his skin tone to prove that to to warrant being called a thug in some people's mind? His his but, skin is enough. You know, I read yeah, a you, tweet, tweet like you can take you can take um um you can take the nigger out of the hood, but you can't take the hood out of the nigger, or something like that. And apparently, oh. yep. well, there were so many tweets like this. Um, right. Because, well, you know, you know, you like you know the
2: first with the, the first one was the first thing was. All these people, you know, they threw on their capes, they put on their tights, because they saw a white woman in danger and an angry black guy on live TV.
0: Pretty and much. The second,
2: they saw, the, second, the, the, the second they saw that, the second they saw that, that, that they, were, they, they they knew that they had to, they had to go answer the bat signal and fly out in the Gotham. Because this white yeah, woman I mean, is in trouble
3: she, she, she flinched and she looked uncomfortable on camera And all of a sudden <laughs> he's a thug OMG we gotta save him We gotta save her because white women's tears Are like a precious commodity But whatever
2: right. um, And you, you, know, you know what the great part is Afterwards mm-hmm. she said that She wasn't even she wasn't, she, was, like, it was, she wasn't even thrown off Or scared or anything It was just random how energized He was You know for this interview that's what threw her exactly. off. It wasn't anything else. She wasn't even uncomfortable. Exactly. Hell, there was even they even took a picture together at the first media day two days after the event, saying, you know, there's no yeah. issue, there's no beef, there's, there's nothing here. It's
3: weird because on social media, uh, you got to see even the people that didn't go um, ahead calling him, like, derogatory terms, even the ones that didn't call him a thug, um, you got to see a lot of, like, passive racism with people. Um, yeah, I had a friend who posted something about, you know, um, um Richard um Sherman, um he just he you were a Seattle, Seattle Seahawks fan, but now he just made you love the opposing team. Or, um um he ruined football for everyone or something like that. I'm like, What how did he ruin football for anyone? What did he do <laughs> that it that it was so unique that had never you know, happened in football before?
2: Right. Cause, okay, this is and this is probably the other thing that really kinda ticked me off and I, I saw this from Football, football players, football fans, everyone. Everyone, for some reason, the, the other word that was probably used probably as much as thug was or close to it was class. And they talked about how what he did was classless and he needs to get some training in how to act and how, how, and, and how uh, respectable he needs to be to, ha- to be in the moment to be uh, in the moment that he is in at this stage in his life. And my, see, my, my response is, okay, first of all, we're watching a sport that takes years off, the, that's taken years off the lives of thousands of men over the past hundred years that this sport's been played.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, know,
2: you know, every Sunday we get together, you know, those of us who are interested, who, who are fans, we get together. And we watch, you know, 200, 300-pound grown men basically put their bodies and their mental and physical health on the line for our entertainment. They're out here uh-huh. breaking bones. They're getting concussions. They're suffering uh, lifelong neck injuries, stuff that, that's going to affect them long beyond when they decide to stop playing. And we're here, yeah. that when, and we want to talk about class. That is irony yeah, what
3: bothers very me very that? This is what bothers me about this. And this is, it's something that goes beyond sports and beyond men. You know, I, I've seen, you know, um, black actresses and, and, and artists do certain things, and they're called sluts and whores. And then, and then you know, white women do them. It's avant-garde and unique and cutting-edge. Um, I've seen white men do things, and, you know, he's just amped, he's just pumped. Black guys do it, and he's just being cool, he's just being classless. This is uh, another, um, you know, aspect of the respectable, respectable Negro politics that I des- detest, where, uh, you know, it's a new way of trying to put a black person in their place by telling them how they should behave in order to make white people more comfortable around them. Right. All right.
2: <clears throat> and you, know what, you know what else? I like how folks also want to act like thug. Is not coded language, you know. I, right. I watch yeah. because I, I watch ESPN, and so I, I watch, I've, I've seen numerous sportscasters and analysts, and would not try to hold in. Some of them, even black, even argue this point that "thug" is not coded language. That mm-hmm. that anyone can be a thug, and that, right. like, for example, uh, Richie Incognito, who was in the news uh last year uh he's a he plays in Miami so and you probably you may even have heard a little bit more about this he he's a play, he's a tackle for the Miami Dolphins who um was caught bullying another right, teammate right exactly i was point, just thinking about that
3: thank you for bringing that and,
2: up he, and 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 Jonathan Martin left he 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 right. he left the team he hasn't he hasn't played he hasn't even been near a facility since he left the team in I think October or November, whenever whenever that happened, and people were saying that a lot of these guys were saying stuff like, "Oh, Richie Incognito's a thug." Yeah, but thug right. when you talk about when you're talking about him, is not carrying the same connotation because mm-hmm. you, because both yeah, exactly. inside both inside football and outside of football, you have folks that are actually defending his actions.
3: Right. Exactly. And most of the most of the people, especially, and I noticed this, white counterparts were defending what he was saying, saying that uh, that hazing and that's what it was, hazing and teasing, not bullying was a sports yes. tradition. Well, if something that actually involves physical harm or humiliation oh to another person is, is part of sports tradition, why isn't trash talking we? part of sports tradition? Like, you know, let, let's be honest about what this is. When I was growing up, mm-hmm. the all that a sub was a person that was a dangerous criminal. That's what thug is. <laughs> dangerous criminals. And if you if, – if, 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 what is Richard or who is Richard Sherman a danger to is yet the right. question that I have yet to answer.
2: Okay. Hey, uh we have a shit ton of calls. Um I'm we're oh, gonna bring fun. Okay. We have oh my god, There have to be at least like ten here. Okay, so wow. I'm guessing some I guess someone's Skyping in. We have someone named Max T O one. Hello? Yeah. Uh, troll. Okay. Yeah.
3: Next caller please.
2: Okay. Uh, we have one, whole bunch of ones here. Uh, hello? What's going on? Hello? Hello?
1: Hello? Hello?
2: hello? Yeah, what's hi. going on, yeah. Who's speaking? Oh. Um, hi, I'm David. Nice to meet you. Hi, David. What's going on, bro? Okay, uh, you know, I, I agree with the Richard Sherman thing. You know, my son came up to me after watching that video, and, uh, he just came up to me and said, "Dad, you know what I feel about Richard Sherman. I just think strongly that Richard Sherman's a." Yeah, I knew he
0: was. A, I knew he was going to be a fucking troll.
3: Yep. I knew there he
0: was
3: going to be a fucking troll. Yeah. Well, thank you for that input, David.
2: Okay, we Next have another. Book, yeah. We have another. No, oh, jeez, we have another nine five four number. Okay. Let's see who this could be. Uh, you know, I, I think, uh, I'm going to wait for it. Right? Yeah, cut him oh, off,
3: wait. cut him off, cut him off. Yeah, wait, what? Okay. Cut him off.
2: Yeah. I'm about to just get wow. rid of most of these calls. I don't know t- any t- of these folks are. Every time
3: you talk about racing in terms of trolls. Next person, please.
2: Uh, I'm pretty sure like 90% of these people are probably trolls. of them are trolls. trolls, yeah. I'm, yeah I'm no, sure no, let's,
3: let's, let's, if, there's any, if there's an area code that seems legit, please pick it up. I would hate for yeah, an actual I'll take this one. We have a 661
2: number. Okay. Six six one. Hello. Okay. No one said anything. Okay. Um. Yeah, I'm not sure about the rest of these. So.
3: Oh, that's that's upsetting. I was hoping that we could actually talk to someone who ha- actually had something to say.
2: Yeah. So no, that I'm just gonna like right. Yeah. Go I'm on. just. Gotta love when we get the trolls. Oh, that's Gotta crazy. love the trolls. But yeah,
3: um, it's really, it, what, what bothers me about the Richard Sherman situation is that
2: um, a lot Check. of
3: um, um, quote-unquote progressive white people show a lot of passive racism. And it's kind of, it kind of bothers me every time that happens because you understand that this person claims not to be racist, but they, in their minds there are two types of black people. There are, you know, the 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 respectable ones that are just as good as us, and then there are those others.
2: Yeah, yeah. and people like to frame this as a black folk versus nigger's discussion. You have black exactly. Yeah, black folk and it's not. And we have niggers over there.
3: Yeah. I and mean, it really and there's really not much that separates black folks from niggers <laughs> is the thing that most people don't recognize. You know, right. I mean? yeah. and even if, even if Richard Sherman was acting out of line and he was acting classless, classless people exist in every group. Right. Um, oh, my God. So are you kidding Ms. me? It's only... Yeah. Trying to separate, Trying to separate black people into two different um, caste systems is only perpetuating the problem and perpetuating racism. Exactly.
2: Yeah. Exactly. It's,
3: I mean, yeah, the, the more we're like them, the more, the, you know, the more worthy we are.
2: You know right. exactly and The fact no. that, back to the matter is, and, and I think Raina just said this, like there's a thin line between, you know, what, what constitutes a black person and what constitutes a nigger. But at right. the end of the day, you know, to, you know, those who are in power, you're still, I'm still as much of a nigger as Bob who works at the law office up the street. You know? right. Exactly.
3: When when the chips are down, you're 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 all one. You're all one, and you're all in that group of other.
2: Right. Yep, that's
3: right. All right. Are all right. You all Our next story. Um, I don't want to get too caught up in this one. Um, Brooks brought this to my attention, and it's concerning another sport, basketball. Um, Kevin Durant of the NBA. Take it away, Brooks.
2: Okay. Um. Uh, Kevin Durant. Well, for one, shout out to him because he's a DMV native. He's from here. Um, but Kevin Durant, has, uh, Kevin Durant's been one of the, arguably one of the top three NBA players since he came into the league a couple years ago. Um, there's one of the big debates that's been going on for at least the last two years is, you know, who is better? Is, is, is KD better or is LeBron better? Um, so this this past year, so this year in particular, Kevin Durant has. This man has been playing some really like ridiculously some really ridiculous basketball he's putting up numbers that haven't been put up in a streak like this in a really really long time so uh the other night in the aftermath of i think he put up like thirty some odd points against LeBron James team and after the game he was uh he was being interviewed by her uh, what's her name? He's being interviewed by an adult, by a woman who works for ESPN, and she asked him the question. She was like, you know, hey, you know, how do you explain, you know, how do you explain yeah, what's been going being, on?
3: He was being interviewed by Doris Burke.
2: Okay, Doris Burke, thank you. You um, know, you know, you know, what, you know, what, what what's what's been inspiring, motivating you to be on this this great streak that you've been on, and Kevin and Kevin said, you know, it's all God, you know, I, I can only I blame God. And Doris, you know, she kind of chuckled she kind of chuckled a little bit and was like, <laughs> uh, you know, it's not you at all, and he was like, no, nah, not at all. And she, you know, she she was still chuckling a little bit. And she was like, "Alright, Kevin, thank you." And then the interview ended. You know, it sounds pretty harmless. In theory, it sounds pretty harmless, but ESPN and Doris in particular have been under fire in the last 24 hours with many folks uh calling for call, calling for her job because apparently they didn't like the fact that she was chuckling when Kevin mentioned that he was giving uh he was giving credit excuse me credit to to God for this streak that he's been going on there were several uh there were um several uh Christian tweeters who specifically um like added ESPN and just kinda of wrote some really horrible things not only about uh not only about Doris but um but about I guess non believers just in general. And they were saying like she needs to get fired, you know, she's showing disrespect to Jesus Christ. Uh heard they, heard they, heard they heard. called her a horrible yeah. bitch for um uh, well, like, because it wasn't it's funny. So I know a like, race right?
3: of them to call her a bitch. <laughs> Yeah, I know. But here's the thing: it's like what she what she was asking is a valid question. I mean, like, I mean, was it Jesus out there, you know, uh, you well, know, practicing and doing and doing drills? No, I don't think so. Well, here's you know? how I feel about it. I feel that although the question was legitimate, she was she was. Um, out of line or at least um, um, exhibited very poor judgment to even ask it because it's a question that obviously puts someone's religious belief on the spot. Um, So it shouldn't have even been asked. But I think the question was legitimate. Now, do I think it was worth taking her job over? No, because she didn't push it. When no, he gave she gave his didn't response, push. she let it go and the interview right. was over. It's not like she was interrogating him about his beliefs. No, so, she just, um, she really would, I, I don't even think that it was malicious or anything like that either. I think like it was, it was probably her just like, yeah, you know, but you also have talent. You know what I mean? Right. Like acknowledge mm. that you have talent, like and that you work hard. Like, you know, you can, you can have natural talent. And, and the difference between you and the next person would, could be your, your dedication. You know, so, you know what I mean? With, with, right. all Christianity, with Christianity, um, you know how it goes. It teaches a combination of arrogance and humility existing in a very tenuous harmony together. You know, the the, the Christian especially the athlete or um the celebrity will tell themselves, you know, I'm nothing. God oh, yeah. God is everything. I can do nothing without him. But at the same time also say that they have been chosen by the creator of the universe to have this talent or to have these looks or to be this gifted, et cetera, et cetera, um, he's chosen them to be this great. So mm-hmm. you are at right. once being very, very humble but very, very arrogant about it or very arrogant but very humble about it, whichever.
2: Right. So right.
3: his response is not, is not abnormal at all. No, his response is not a, the response right. Right. Isn't no abnormal just to say something But the like Christian's that. response to it was just ridiculous. And, exactly. I, again, I don't either. How many of them have popped off calling for fire, calling for people to be fired, calling for people to be in, in, imprisoned over dumb shit like this?
2: Right. I mean, mm-hmm. on one hand, like, it, personally, I don't think that, I don't think her even just kind of chuckling was, was, you know, bad, for one, and I don't think that her intent was even malicious. I mean, we, we don't know anything about her. It's not like she was... It's not like he said, you know. I give all the credit to God, and she was like, "Ha, you dumbass! What, what you mean?" Right? No, it's not like going exactly. over the line or anything. She was just like, right. "You know, are you sure?" You know, like. Yeah,
3: I don't think I don't was, think she stepped over any lines either. But as I said, I feel that it was a, a poor judgment call on her behalf to have even asked the question because me, and this is what I'm thinking, you know, in my in my head, um, as a person who doesn't have an illustrious career on the line in youth casting or sports casting. In journalism, I wouldn't ask that question simply because there's no way that I th- that question could be answered with me a a me getting a satisfactory answer, or that person not feeling that their religion was being put on the spot. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. Right, right. Um, mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. And would, yeah, you already status, know part you know, of the backlash well, as as is someone, due to, as as due to you know some of these Christians out here you know really thinking that they're they're the real oppressed group in America, and that somehow Doris and her chuckling was was make it was mocking them, or saying that oh Kevin's a dumbass because he answered you know God and Jesus
0: Christ. Well, here
3: are some here are some of the the um the um the comments on one of the articles about this story. Kevin Durham gives all credit to someone Jesus Christ that never existed, and the Christians get all robbed up over the reporter's chuckle. Does anyone else think religion is absurd? And some of the responses to his comment were not really. Openly undermining someone's choice of faith does, and that is putting it mildly. Another person commented, Jesus walked this earth, and it is proven in history what he did for us. Thanking him is class. Laughing at Kevin Durant's religion is disrespectful and ignorant. Another person says, I'm glad I can tell all the suffering children of the world, God's a little busy, the thunder is on.
2: (laughs) Mm -mm. Uh, one,
3: another person said, the professional left, which are always screaming tolerance, is the most intolerant of people of faith, particularly Christians. Have you ever heard a media person criticizing a Muslim for thanking Allah? The professional left, Democrats, liberals, socialists, their cohorts and minions in Congress, their fellow travelers and hangers-on are nothing but Stalinists. Bang. Look. In what universe do you get
2: professional athletes out here thanking Stalinist. Allah? For one.
3: Yeah, I've you don't really have a whole lot of, of professional I'm athletes. Sure I am he meant fascists. The Stalin was a fascist, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. he was. <laughs> okay. No, didn't know yeah, but like I said, like, the like,
2: Brooke so like Brooke these says this, Muslim athletes. expansive Muslim athletes that are out here thinking it, a lot right. and people are saying shit. That's what I want to know. Where are they at? <laughs> <Right>. Yeah.
3: <laughs> Another person says, I failed a big test recently. F you, Jesus. I guess it's KD's fault for sucking all of God's mojo juice. Someday, the real well, God, a.k.a. the flying, forgetting monster, will come to judge us all. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean here's the good. other, and here's, I mean, here's the, here's the funny thing, though, that we haven't talked about with him, like, you know, thanking God for, like, his talent and his, and, and the fact that he's, like, out here, like, winning games and stuff. I mean, the thing about it is, is, like, okay, so what are you saying, that God doesn't like the guys on the other team? You know what I no, mean? No, these guys are giving me life. One person said exactly what Raina said. The laugh seems perfectly innocuous to me, and the whole thing seems completely overblown. I can't believe people seriously think she should lose her job over this. Another person said, "I'm so glad Jesus lets little kids starve, but takes time out of his busy schedule to help a rich guy put a ball exactly
2: exactly exactly. That was
3: actually what I was getting ready to say before you you read that. That's hilarious.
2: So yeah. Jesus, is cool, Jesus is cool with me being unemployed so, th- so long as KD's putting up 45 a night. Yeah. Awesome.
3: Yeah, another person, yeah, this is a long <laughs> story. Why are we even talking about this? She was either laughing at his humility or his delusion. In this case, what's the difference? Mm-mm-mm. Clear. Yeah, I mean. to yeah. he's fired. Clearly Jesus hates it when people laugh. And right. I mean, and and for all you know, you don't know why she was laughing. She could have been laughing because someone right before she got on her interview said something really fucking funny to her that she couldn't get out of her head. That you know what I mean? all the mean Yeah, she could she could she could have laughed at maybe, maybe somebody
2: head. in the crowd who was doing something while she's conducting the interview. Right. You know. Right. She could have. Mm-hmm, you know. Yeah.
3: Maybe the cameraman was variety. pretending he had a, a booger in his nose. I don't know. Maybe yeah, like, someone right. was, you know, making a funny face. I don't know. I, I'm pretty sure she was <laughs> yeah. laughing at him. but I don't think she was laughing in the way like, You loser, ha ha ha. Um, <laughs> right. Yeah. I do think that's right, like innocuous. and even if it wasn't, she dropped the subject. Like, why can't you Right, I do it and all? she she
2: sent it back right after. She was like, Okay, yeah, okay. Back to you in the studio like right literally right, right after right after right after that. Oh. Right. It's
3: not like she punched him in the ribs and then like put her hand over her mouth and was like, Yeah, right. You
2: know
3: what I mean? Like... Right. Like... <laughs> oh, okay. Um. One, another person says, and this is one of the last comments that actually really got to me because you, you, and Brooks and everyone, we see this on a daily basis. Although Christians seem to be blind to their own, um, their own, um, um, privilege and want to cry persecution all the time. This person says. Mm-hmm. Why are these God people so extremely hypersensitive? If God is what he says he is, I think he can handle it. He really doesn't need you to get all bent out of shape over stuff like this. What are you trying to do? Win some Brownie points? Someone else comments. It goes beyond hypersensitivity. When I complain about Christian prayers at non-religious civic meetings, they make sarcastic comments about my delicate sensibilities and question why they are persecuted. Their sense of entitlement is offensive. This basically sums up my entire view the situation. The Christian sense right. entitlement is offensive. <laughs> it is. It is. It is. It's. Just, it's. It just is what it is. I mean, at this point, it's like nothing surprises me when it comes to like you know Christians and their, you know their, I, and and to me, it's really phony outrage. It's just like any. It's like they just they want to find insult. Nah. yeah you like i'm I mean? going right. to make problems our problems don't exist simply to have something to talk about and try to martyr myself socially the way that right. the, the my delusional god um you know martyred himself physically um martyrdom right. is such a huge thing in christianity and christians love playing the martyr even when they don't want to admit it right. um you can you can yeah. easily say hey um there are real issues, and I've seen real issues of Christian persecution. Mm-hmm. For example, there was a, a Christian-run bakery that wouldn't um, do a cake for an atheist because of what they wanted written on the cake. They felt it was offensive to their religion. And as a result, the, um, the, the atheist that wanted the cake actually got a petition and tried to shut their bakery down. To me, this mm-hmm. is an example of persecution. You're messing with the person's livelihood because mm-hmm. they wouldn't do something for you that was, that was offensive to their religion and their morality. But laughing about someone's face or chuckling about it on air, come on. Right. Yeah. Yeah. This so is I, this so I don't crazy. think she was even laughing at him like that. I don't even think it was that serious. You know? I don't okay. Think so. Um, our next story and we're getting a, this is kind of on the borderline of serious and just tragic. I call it tragic Shout out to tragic comic pause for that for that for that um, that saying that term tragic comics. yeah something that's so sadly hilarious or hilariously sad. Um, mm. Brooke brought this story to my attention, but it's been circulating for a couple weeks now. It's it's called um, there's a issue in Ghana where people are trying to adopt half caste babies. What is half caste? A child that is biracial, black and white, and is therefore very or normally very light skin and um, very um, loose curls and not kinky hair. Half-cast babies are a booming business in Ghana, and people are filling out as much as 3,000 American for these biracial children uh, to adopt these beautiful biracial children to, um, you know, add some beauty mm-hmm. to their family. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay, so there's, like, a whole bunch of problems that I have with this, first of all. where First, where are the babies coming from? Because there are, there, I mean, you know, this isn't a problem in, necessarily in Ghana, but it's a problem throughout the world. There are there are baby farms, you know what uh-huh. I mean? Where, like, women are basically being bred to have children that can then be sold or adopted by people. So that's my first question, where are the babies coming from? The second exactly. thing is, is, like, Uh, this is just disgusting. (laughs) This is not even comedic to me. This is just really, really sad. You know, um, this, uh, it's so sad. I mean, why are, like, what are we saying? We're saying that that black people are not beautiful enough, that we have to be mixed with something. And this is coming from someone who's mixed. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I just, you know, I just think, like, we have to get out, of, get out of our minds that, like, you know, being closer to white is good. Like, you, you can be who you are. That's fine. You know, there's nothing wrong with being biracial. There's nothing wrong with being in an interracial relationship. But, like, setting biracial people on this pedestal, like they're, you know, they're more beautiful or they're, or they're better looking or they're smarter because they're closer to white is just really unhealthy, you know? I agree. Um, and another problem that I have with this as well um, Sorry about that. You know, it's 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 like you mentioned about you know um, this, you're basically promoting the idea that the less black you are, the less African um, ancestry or DNA you have the better you are. Um, there was a photo I saw a few weeks ago. I guess, I guess it was sort of a meme but it had like um, a theme to it or an idea to it. It basically said, you know, um, asking a a woman, a black woman, if she's mixed as a compliment is not a compliment. You're basically implying that the source of her beauty is something besides her blackness. She is not beautiful despite her blackness. She's beautiful because of it. And this is something that I I had to deal with, and I know a lot of black women had to deal with um, growing up over the years um, because of a specific Um, um, feature, they would get asked, and I would get asked, if I was mixed. Hey, do you have Indian in your family? And I had other friends that, you know, they asked, are you mixed? Are you white? Oh, you look like you have Latina in your family, things like that. And um, it was always an issue where the more um, non-black attributes you could claim, the better you were perceived to be. Um, And this half-cast situation actually – calls to a greater situation that's happening in Ghana and in Nigeria and in various parts of Africa. It's already an epidemic in Asia, and that is skin bleaching or skin whitening, um, something they also call skin toning, quote-unquote. Yes. And um, there's an African singer um, called Densia, and she's being put on blast because she's coming up with her own skin whitening cream um, line. Well, she's already come up with it. It's called Whitenicious. Yes. White Tanishis. And White Tanishis does exactly what the name sounds like. It makes you very, very white. And if you guys can pull up these, this article about her, her name is Densia. Um, she's Cameroonian, but she um, reps for Nigeria. And she's the face of this product, and it sells for $50 to $150 based on size. And this thing makes you white. I'm looking at pictures of her, and I have white friends who are not this white. Like really white. She does. There's not a trace. The only traces of her Africanness are in her facial features, which I'm sure will get revamped because in this after picture she's also sporting um, blonde wig and blue colored contacts. Yeah, that's that's really sad. Um, and and oh. skin bleaching is a problem. Skin bleaching is a problem throughout a lot of the world, actually. Mm-hmm. You know. I mean, in India, you know, throughout Asia, you know, and, um, and, and in the Caribbean, too. I mean, and some women are actually causing severe damage to their skin because some of these bleaches are not um, regulated properly, so they have all kinds of things in them from lead to, you know, oh, corrosive yeah. elements. I mean, bleach by itself is corrosive. You know, well, and they don't sometimes use they... Bleach. they use, they use, no, 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 uh, no, I mean, no, I know, no, I understand. I know it's, 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 um, the quinone, Hydroquinone. Stuff, yeah, hydroquinone. But they also, but some women are actually using bleach because <laughs> in some of these places, they're not actually using hydroquinone. They're using like corrosive agents. Well, these in bleaches. are incredibly expensive. i watched documentaries <laughs> on skin bleaching in Jamaica, in Brazil in Thailand and yeah. Bangladesh. And actually, if any of our listeners want to know exactly how deep the skin culture runs in Asia, just Google fair and lovely ads on YouTube and you'll see tons right. of ads that are put blasted all over television in India, Bangladesh, Thailand um, promoting skin bleaching, and this is one of the reasons no. why I never got behind the um, quote-unquote campaign for real beauty, because they own the Fair and Lovely company, and this is a crowd that no. they're promoting right. to men and women in impoverished right. nations that have skin hang-ups, that have caste systems, that have colorism, deep, deep issues of colorism and racism. They promote no. like Fair and Lovely, there's 9X, um, there's Fair and Handsome for the men, Not only are the commercials, the commercials are incredibly derogatory to the point where their point is so explicit you don't even need to speak the language in order, to, in order to understand what one actor is saying to the other. What they're selling, um, yeah. No, um, but no, what I was saying is it's not, it's, I mean, uh, of course, mostly it's hydroquinone, but there are other bleaches because some of, these, some of the places where these um, creams are made, are not, they're not heavily regulated. So it's not just yep. hydroquinone that's in some of these products. Some of them are, like I said, they have lead in them. They have other you know, corrosive agents in them. And some people are turning to bleach when they can't get their hands on the actual creams. You know what I yeah. mean?
0: So yeah. It, and, and, and it,
3: the, the sad part is I'm sure that chloride is probably only a fraction more harmful than the cream they're slathering on. Yeah, and in many cases, yeah, it's true. Um, um, you you know, so, I know, there are all kinds of things besides um, what it does to you because it's being absorbed through the largest organ in your body, your skin. Right, Um mm-hmm. Um, you know, having the cream on You get a sunburn The cream won't make that burn go away In fact, it makes your skin more sensitive to the sun So right. the sunburn will actually look like A physical burn, like you were burned mm-hmm. With fire or steam or something like that um, right. It makes it it It's it, it horrible for both melanin Production, collagen production And biotin So your skin basically starts falling Agreed. apart it, it causes rapid right. aging as a result If For long term use, things like that and all these people see is that it makes you whiter. Agreed. And, and it's better to be whiter no matter how dangerous it is. You know, I'm looking at pictures of Densia, and there are a, a few other popular Nigerian actresses and singers that are repping really hard for skin bleaching products. Um, Vibes Cartel, the Jamaican um, dance hall singer, he has his own um, cake soap, which is a whitening soap that causes rapid whitening as well. And I'm looking right, at right. them. I'm looking at their faces particularly in sensitive areas like the eyelids are white. Right. Um, right. You know, they're washing their entire bodies, including, like, genital areas, with the soap. Yeah. And putting uh, no. the creams on them. And I'm thinking, what the heck? Like, I can't even imagine how much more dangerous it is in these particular sensitive areas. Like, why would you want them around yeah. your eyes, you know? Um, why right. would you want this near your genitals, even if you were, were that desperate to be whiter? Um, your armpits, which absorb you know so many toxins anyway it 's a warm, moist environment um things like that that 's because white from a medical agents, point of view, how dangerous it is well, yeah, of course i mean, and uh, of course this, uh, and I agree with you that 's why I was saying some of these agents that are in these products are are really dangerous, and like i said just, i mean by you know even just when you have the safe product. You, it can still be abused. It can still, you know, like it, most of these products are are not meant to be slathered all over the skin to make your skin, you know, two and three shades lighter. They're supposed to be used on like blemishes, you know, or like yeah, areas yeah. that are hyperpigmented so that you can even out your skin tone. They're not meant to, yeah. you know, take you from being, you know, cafe au lait to, you know, beige. You know what I mean? Like, oh, this she's is not what they're meant to do. Day, I, I think I put the link for you in, Brooks, but this is, this is what she said in her official press release. Now, mind you, I, sh- I, I shared the link with you, and I showed you the picture, and as I said, and you can, you can attest to this, in the picture, she's whiter than most white people. Yeah, you no, she is. And, and she says this in her press release. White Initius Densia for dark spots, which clears dark spots caused by anything from acne, wounds, hyperpigmentation, bruises, etc. on any part of the body. It works on all skin types, including sensitive skin, and White Initius um also works for dark knuckles, knees, and elbows. A lot of people suffer from hyperpigmentation on those areas, and this product clears up the pigmentation to match the rest of their skin. It can be used on all skin types and everyone from white to black but it's clear from the photo she's used this on her entire body. And everyone knows she's used it on her entire body. And it brings to mind um, the baseball player Sammy Sosa from the Dominican Republic, another country that's steeped in colorism. As soon as he stopped playing baseball professionally, he got on his bleaching, he relaxed his hair, and he started sporting color contacts. Now he's actually considered white in the Dominican Republic. That's not a coincidence. He claims that he's always been that white. Um, and that it was used for playing baseball that damaged his skin, and he's not using a skin whitening cream; he's using a skin rejuvenation cream. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah.
2: Is that is that what helps you cool sleep at night, bro. Bro.
3: <laughs> cool bro? Cool story, bro. Cool story. And now, mind mm-hmm. you, there are pictures of Sammy Sosa as a child, and he always looks black. Right. He, always, he is black, but again, this is a country that's very steep in 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 colorism and racism. And and he he feels more at ease, I guess, um, being as white as possible. But in the case of Family Sosa and Vibes Cartel, unlike um, Dentia, they don't look white. They look like they have skin disorders. Like, it looks like a form of, you know, really, like, severe blotchiness or vitiligo or even leprosy. Like, the skin right. looks horrible. Right. Like Or, like, they just had, right. like, a really horrible industrial accident. Like, yes. you know, exactly. a la two face from Batman or something. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. I think, like, you fell in a vat of, like, <laughs> of, 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 like, chemicals, like poor clay face, And, like, <laughs> stuff is happening to your face. <laughs> <laughs> but that's how I feel about it. And it's weird because in their case, unlike them, too, I mean, she got her, what, the result that she was looking for. She looks white. It looks awful, but she looks white. They don't look white, but they think they look great still just because they look less black, but their skin looks horrible as opposed to what it looks like before. And, you know, she Mm -hmm. puts a picture on her site um, about, you know, what her skin looked like after using the cream, um, you know, in like like two weeks and four weeks. And according to the World Health Organization, about 77%, 77% of Nigerian women regularly use skin lightening products yeah wow. I'm surprised it's not higher honestly Me too. To be just to be frank i mean it's just i mean particularly in you know developing countries, it's like it's a major thing to you know want lighter want to achieve lighter skin i mean and you gotta think about where these places are these places are former you know formerly colonized you know countries. You know what I mean? Some of them are, mm-hmm. I mean, they're actually still colonized. I mean, let's just call it oh, what yeah. it is. They're just, it's not, they're just not run in terms of their governments by, you know, European powers anymore. But they're run by, yeah. in, you know, European companies. You know what I mean? And so exactly. you have, you still have, you know, this exportation of, like, you know, um, white supremacy, coming from the West. I mean, we, we advertise very heavily in some of these countries, you know. And so when they're looking at, you know, who's in charge and who has power and who has, you know, prestige and, you know, who's beloved, they're looking at white faces, you know what I mean? And they're still exactly. reviled, you know. You know, to, it, being black is still being, you know, not thought of as being good. You know, you know besides Densia, there's also the Nigerian actress Selma Oman. And, I mean, if Densia is white, she's albino. And I'm not saying this is clear to albino people. She actually looks, and if I had not seen the before picture, she looks like a black albino.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
3: and that's it's terrible. the same issue with her. And when the skin got lighter, and came the blonde hair, and came the blue contacts, and, um, you know, if she, you know, you still see the African facial features. And that's what distorts it all, um, It's yeah. seeing things like this. And, you know, she's like, you know, um, and people say that um, she's she saying, this is what she's saying. She's saying skin whitening is helping her career. Because even in America, nobody likes people that are dark. Ask Fantasia or Tempest Bledsoe, um, you know, who are very dark-skinned women. Tempest Bledsoe is a very educated woman and a very great actress, um, best known as playing um, Vanessa on The Cosby Show. Nice. And there's Fantasia, um, the, the, the singer, um, American Idol winner, and, you know, People have, caught, have made really nasty comments about Fantasia's looks, even before she won that show. Like when she first set, set foot in front of a camera, people had something to say about her. But now Selma has in what is um, described as quote-unquote ghostly white skin, and it is really very, very white. Um, yeah. And yeah. Um, she's saying, um, I had to get plastic surgery. My, my nose doesn't fit my new white skin. So I need a surgeon who can who can fix this for me. Money is right. no problem. And got
0: yeah, you know, her
3: fixed. You know, if you if you know somebody and you love somebody who's a brown girl, just give her a hug. Tell her and just tell her she's beautiful. You know what I mean? Because yeah. this I this is just unacceptable. You know? It's, it's really like a, I, I yeah. have to cut I have a, I mean, I have a cousin who wants to be an actress, and she's and she's a brown skinned girl. Her, you know, she's her father's from Senegal, and she's she happens to be a little bit darker than the rest of us in our family. We happen on on my father's side of the family. We're mostly lighter complexed people, and I know it's been difficult for her being the only, you know, darker one. she's not even that dark, you know what I mean? But she goes to schools that are, you know populated mostly with white kids and so she's been made fun of for being dark skinned. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. I just think that, like, you know, those of us who, who have, you know, f- friends and family to educate them about colorism, you know, and, and to make sure that, you know, that you check yourself. You know what I mean? Are you saying something, you know what I mean, that mm-hmm. might harm you know the people that you care about you know oh you're black as molasses or you're are you are black as tar you know or you know mm-hmm. you stayed out in the sun too long you know what i mean like you know be careful what you say you know cuz you never know how it could be taken by someone
0: right. you know
3: exactly and i mean women um, women and and men, we come in a whole variety of shades you know for you know white black you know you know it it doesn't matter you know what I mean? Well, love yourself. You try to love this, I yourself. Mean, what, what, I think the irony about this is, too, is that I've seen black albinos, and I know a few black albinos, mm. and uh, one of their, their biggest gripes is insecurity with their lack of color. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, when I see people going out of their way to mimic this look, it almost seems as if they're making a mockery. Of right. you know different skin conditions There are people with, who actually do have vitiligo Not just claiming to have vitiligo But mm-hmm. have vitiligo Or are albino And they have huge um, sensitivities And insecurities with their skin Because you know of their skin condition Or genetic mutation that caused their skin to look that way They're mm-hmm. you know, going out of your way To take perfectly healthy skin um, And ruin it And potentially you know Cause a host of illnesses On top of that Right. To make it, just to make your skin whiter. Yeah, and you know this is like a serious beast that like black feminists have with like mainstream feminism because like you know mainstream feminism is like it's not about looks, it's not about beauty, but like there's there are so many things around in the media, you know, everywhere you look, white beauty is affirmed. You know what I mean? Like everywhere. It's affirmed. But there's no one telling, you know, black and brown girls, hey, you're beautiful too, unless we look more like them. You know what I mean? You know, the thing about it, it too, it's not even that we look more like them. Every time we do have a black person that's coming out and saying, hey, you're beautiful, hey, you're gorgeous, that person is slut-shamed, and oftentimes by white feminists. Um, The only person in recent memory...
0: Yeah, like, people they'll say, oh,
3: Beyonce's being a whore. Rihanna looks like a horse, she looks like a slut. Mm. I mean, in recent memory, the, the black woman recently, um, and that's Lupita Nyong'o, um, the actress from um, 12 Years a Slave, who you know, was a black icon and not just celebrated as being a great actress, but was, was is being propped up as a beauty symbol and not being um, shamed for her size or for the way she dresses, or for the way she speaks. It's like they can't find fault with her with this one. We even had, you know, Gabrielle Sidibe, who was, uh, and everyone was like, oh, no, we can't have her. Um, it doesn't matter if she's smart or she's a good actress. She's obese. We don't want her um, right. um, right. speaking for us.
0: Right.
3: Yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, yeah, it's, it's a hard, it's, you know, when you're a black girl, you know, you, you can't win for, you, you just can't win. <laughs> Period. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, I mean look at Beyonce. Yeah, Beyonce is a married there's always that straight person that says, Oh, she'd be so pretty if she weren't so dark. Yeah. No, okay? I mean when you're a black girl you just can't win. Like, I mean, even with Beyonce and like, you know, singing drunk in love or whatever, like everyone tells girls, Hey, you should wait until marriage before you, you're sexual. Then we have a woman who's married and sexual and singing about it and we're like You're such a slut family. Exactly, you know? funny story about the Grammys. Um, Christian singer Natalie Grant and her husband actually walked out um, during Beyonce's performance, and um, she went on, on on the record saying, um, I, I won't say most of the things that I'm thinking, but I've never been so proud to sing for and about Jesus. So basically making the most passive, aggressive comment that she possibly could um, about the performance. It's like, lady, did you know where you were going? This is the Grammys, not the Dove Awards. What did you think you were gonna see? Yeah, uh, whatever. Yeah, yeah, Ugh, whatever. I mean, the bottom line of it is, it's like, it's we're just a really hypocritical society. We say, we say, oh yeah, you should wait until marriage. She talks about having sex with her husband, and she's a mm-hmm. whore. Whatever. Mm-hmm. But, like, but when, really be, when Madonna rides around on stage talking about, you know, like a virgin, touched for the very first time, that's so, that's so um, forward-thinking and so liberating. I don't know. You know. I don't know. Madonna had it really, really bad, especially when she put a black Jesus in her Like a Prayer video. She was getting death threats. I mean, she, she She's got desperate for, for like, that, but no, but all, in, but all in all, Madonna has not had it rough. I'm sorry. I'm not, I'm not buying she, it. For the she most, was considered a poster it. girl of what you don't want your children to be like. No, but no, mostly she was celebrated, though. Mostly she was celebrated in the media for things that black women had already, had already done or had been doing. And then she took most of the things that she was doing, she appropriated them from gay black men and women. So I'm not giving Madonna a pass. Boo, hiss, <laughs> Madonna. <laughs> Well, um, yeah, like a Virgin, that's my jam. I'm, I'm, I'm like a huge fan of her entire discography because she knows when to mix it up. I gotta get her Don't get me for, wrong. Don't get me wrong. Get that doesn't mean that I don't call. bump the Immaculate album, but that like that doesn't oh, mean, mean that like I don't I don't criticize her too. I just I you all know? her albums. I knew all the lyrics to Pop On Preach before I even knew how to speak English. Like, okay, see, that's real. a little too much for me. Yeah, you, you definitely are, like, way, way more of a fan this was, like, back than I was am. 80. Like, I went hard for poor Madonna. Like, she was, she okay. was, she was my girl. But seriously, yeah. the whole issue um, I'm having with the culture of bleaching is, unfortunately, I see an insidious version of that happening in American society. No one wants to say anything when a popular black singer um, or actress um, sports the blonde hair. But it's like, dude, you know, you're trying to do something with that. And there was a meme floating around, and it showed six different singers, black singers from the Grammys. And let me see how many people I remember from that list. There was Tamar Braxton. There was Beyonce. There was Ashanti. There was Sierra. And there were two Rihanna, others. And,
2: Rihanna. Rihanna was on there. There were a
3: couple. Rihanna, yeah, there was a couple <coughs> more. And they all had the blonde hair. And it's like, dude, everyone in this picture is doing entirely too much. And, you know, perhaps I see the skin bleaching as atrocious because I don't live in Nigeria and I don't live in an area where 77% of the black women are doing this. However, if I didn't live in this country, let's say I lived in Senegal, where the majority of people I saw were around the same very dark skin tone and, you know, had very dark eyes and hair, I would look at the pictures of these singers from the Grammys and think that they were trying to be white too. And, they, and these are some of the most, more successful singers. And not all of it is based on talent either. So it's like what. I mean, obviously there's a, obviously there's a there's an element of of you know of you know internalized racism that that one can point out when one is talking about hair color and you know skin bleaching and, and even um, perming hair. But not everyone does it for the same reasons. But I do think that there is a a. Um, a, a strong pressure for black women and women in general to conform to a particular type. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. In in the music industry and, and as well as in Hollywood. Um and I don't think anyone can really argue against that. But um I think you have to, I think I think you kinda of have to take it on a case by case basis. I think there's a s that you can make a stronger case for um issues of self hate for some of those people than you can for others. You know? Um, and I I, just... I, honestly, I don't, I, I don't, I don't agree with that. I think you would, you would have to, you honestly, because he, he said it is very different by case by case. You'd have to actually get inside the person's head to know what was driving mm-hmm. them to do this. For some of them, I really right. think it's not even that they don't just they dislike the way they look naturally. It's they are trying to remain popular, and they know this is what's in, so they're doing it because it's in. Yeah, it's a, it's a conformity issue, like yeah. I said, yeah. So, it, 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 I mean, I'm, I'm thinking maybe it, it might be the same issue with a lot of these Nigerian actresses, because 77% of the population is bleaching. 77% of the population thinks that bleaching is a good thing. So if I'm an actress and I'm trying to get roles, maybe I like the way I look, but I like my career more. Yeah, it's a little different with the skin bleaching. I mean, a, a, a process like skin bleaching isn't something that you can do in a chair in like three hours. You know what I mean? Not, skin, bleaching takes, like, skin bleaching it takes like skin bleaching is, is like a commitment. We thought asked this country gain no, in no, the of, of weight for roles. Of, cra- they, they of course they do. do. Of course they do. But that's still not the same type of commitment as, say, skin bleaching. You know, when you make it when you make the choice to bleach your skin two or three shades lighter than what it is, that is a very fundamentally different commitment than, you know, committing to, say, losing Not three pounds. Well, necessarily. I mean, Densia's cream says that it can get you two shades lighter in a week. Christian Bale That's, dropped – Christian Bale went from 160 pounds to 90 pounds, okay? He dropped 70 pounds. That is a fundamentally different – but they're done – it's it's, fun, it's totally different. Totally different. I mean, it's, you're talking about – change changing your skin color what you what you see in the minute and it's a permanent change it's not but if something doing that, you can reverse. but if doing that gives me job security and a career i love is the problem myself hate or is the problem the industry it, it's both honestly both i mean it can, so, it can what, be both at the same time I mean, it doesn't have to be either or and i'm thinking i'm thinking of someone who's a writer i'm thinking up in the mind of an artist this person loves film they love being an actor, actor or actress. This is the only career that they're thinking about that they know that they can devote to 100%. And someone tells them, you would get more roles guaranteed if you were wider." And that gives me job security. That means food on the table doing what I love for a living. Yes. It, like I said, it, you, it can still be both. It can still be both. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I feel the same way I feel about it with a lot of these um, black celebrities here doing really suspect things. I feel like a lot of them do it because it's popular, and if it's popular, I'm gonna give the people what they want. So, like, yeah, I don't, I, I don't dog. agree with that. It's, no, it's a fundamentally different issue. I mean, a hair, a hair grows, hair grows back. You can cut hair, you can, you know, you can color it, you can chop it off. It all, it all grows out. But the the bottom line is when, once you bleach, you can't go back. You can't go back to what you were before. So when you decide Brooks, that you're doing do that you you're making a it? conscious commitment to being to being whiter. Brooks, how do you feel about it? Is he still here? He might be screening calls. Okay, I think he is. Brooks, what, no? I need you. How do yeah, you feel I'm about here. the Sorry. situation?
2: Sorry. Oh, yeah, I was definitely screening. I think Mario is actually about to call in. I think he's on the line Okay. Right give Okay,
3: give me your thoughts on this, and then we can patch Mario in, please.
2: Um, as far as the hair or just no, the colorism in general? No, no, the, the, general?
3: The, the, the colorism in general. I was this time Reyna just now that – I feel that it might not necessarily be an issue of self-hate in Nigeria because, you know, they did say 77% of the women are bleaching. But a lot of these women, they might not hate the way they look, but they might be bleaching for job security, you know, doing something they love. And they feel that it's worth the sacrifice to bleach in order to have job security. And I was saying it can be both. I, I don't think it has to be one or the other. Oh, I'm not. Mess- I'm not yeah, sure I hold, but I think I don't. I don't think it's necessarily that way for even the majority of them. I think you know, hey, I want to keep my job. This is what the people want to see. I want to get roles.
2: I don't know. I mean, that's kind of a. I don't know that bleaching your skin. That that that's 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 something that's that's they kind of, like you have to be really, really dedicated to do something like that, like because. You know, obviously that comes with you know much more risk than something like you know changing your hair color or getting contacts or you know gaining or losing weight or you know something along those lines. Um
0: Well, I mean, I mean, I, I understand.
2: Well. I, I I understand. You know, you want to you want to give the people you know what they want because I mean, as far as you know, when you're in the entertainment industry, you know that that's you know that's. Part that's partially a sacrifice you kind of have to take if you want to you know keep doing what you're doing. But I, I don't know. I think mm, I think I it can it. be a. I guess I agree with Raina kind of because I I can it it can be both as far as I'm concerned. I don't think everyone you know may be doing it for self hate reasons, but at the same time I'm not I'm not I'm not sure. I'm not sure if I can, you know, completely kind of leave that out and think that, you know, some of these women are a poor, good, a significant portion are really doing this because of, you know, jobs, for example.
3: Okay, catch Mario in, please, and we'll
2: hear from uh, him. He hasn't hit one yet, so I don't, I don't know if he's ready to come on just yet. He's just Mario, give him one, please hit one. Yeah, because he's on the line. He's definitely listening hasn't hit one yet
0: Mm-mm-mm.
2: yeah maybe we can get his his thoughts whenever he hits one no he said he hit one whenever he got to a place that he could actually talk and not be loud okay but i mean i mean it, i do think though it says a lot about the industry you know sure. that that's that that's that that people kind of feel that they have to you know take a step like that i mean i because honestly i mean in any in any industry and um you know stuff changes and of course if you want to maintain to be a part of it, you have to change and adapt but
0: right. I
2: don't know something like skin bleaching i kind of i kind of feel like you could you can probably still get by. And and, and I
3: mean, do even what you if want to do without their,
2: having to really make without having to sacrifice you know your skin for that.
3: Right, and I mean mm-hmm. even if it's not about self hate for the individual person, and that and you say you do find the one person you know who's like just doing it for their job security or whatever. I mean the the bottom line is that the industries that we're talking about are built on white supremacy. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? These are industries that are about putting whites out front, you know, and and, and, you know Um, giving blacks and brown people and Asian people, you know, secondary roles, if any. You know what I mean? Yes, I mean the actress that I was um, speaking about, Selma Oman. um, Oman a Nigerian actress. um, She's immersed in Nollywood, which is like you know the Nigerian um, Hollywood, and then there's Bollywood, and and they, they, both of those cultures, um, you'll notice when you watch these films that the, the, the character with the lighter skin and the longer hair is always in the primary female role, in the lead role. Mm-hmm. This is for men right. and women. And right. the darker ones will always be in the servant role if they're there at all. Mm-hmm. So there is a huge issue of job security writing her skin. Now, I, 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 I would bet good money that she's whiter than every other actress in Nigeria right now. Yeah, um, which he's whiter than most of the people on the planet right now. <laughs> like, yeah, he bam. is. Have you seen the photo? Hey, hey, hey.
2: okay, we got Mario finally. Woo-hoo. Pretty sure this is Mario right here.
3: That
0: is me. Bam! Hi, got Mario. It. The evil one is with us. Man, what's up? Yeah, I don't I, I, I can hear y'all. I, I can hear y'all, but I had to drop the trailer first. So, um, yeah. So far it's been a pretty good show though. Awesome. Thanks.
3: I know you um, wanna okay. uh
2: share uh, your opinion. Do you
3: wanna leave some input on anything that we've discussed tonight? You know, um
0: it's it's not a thing because you know, I understand, you know, the issues of white supremacy I mean, um and whitewashing things, you know, um like I'll look at uh movies or or shows or something like that are Asian properties, but then when they come to America, automatically they're whitewashed, or, so like, they'll get someone who is, like, 138th Asian to play the league, so they look vaguely Asian or something like that. Um, yeah. So, but uh, um, with with this, you know, I, I question whether or not, am I looking at this from the standpoint of, you know, my eyes in which I see someone who, um, from the an American black person's perspective, am I looking at this as someone who actually hates himself or is am I not real or am I missing that in their area, in their reason, this is what they have to do exactly. to be acceptable in their in, industry. You know, and if that's exactly. the case then maybe this is me just looking at it from only my American black person's perspective and not theirs.
3: Exactly, and that's what I was, the point I was trying to make is because, you know, if I lived in a, con- a country that was predominantly black and had predominantly black um, um, media um, personalities, like in parts of um, West Africa, my view on, um, on American actors and actresses might be exactly the same as the way I'm viewing these Nigerian actresses right now. I mean, I'm even reading some of the comments on the post, and I've Googled some of this. Apparently, there are even bleaching creams for, like, your anus and your genitals, like you can bleach your anus, oh boy,
2: seriously <laughs> yeah i'm I'm, I'm sorry, that'd, that'd I have to say awkward. that
3: i don't I don't think that it's just about like it's just about American perspective versus like you know a Nigerian perspective. The fact of the matter is is that you are you are a brown person you you should have some 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 semblance of self love and just being the fact that you're in a country that is majority black or brown does not mean that one cannot have internalized self hate because of you know the the legacy of colonialism or the legacy of white supremacy, and we do know that there that in these countries there still is a lot of income and um you know income disparities and oh, yeah. that um that you know I mean particularly in Nigeria I mean think about the companies that are that are present in Nigeria you know the you know Exxon Mobil and sort of the the um, you know, the sort of atrocities that have been committed by some of these companies. So it's not like these, these people don't have contact with the Western world or with Western ideas or Western belief systems. And, and in, some of these, in some of these countries where you have majority black and brown people, you still have worship of all things Western and westernized. So I don't think that we can necessarily oh, yes. um, discount the fact that white supremacy is still in operation, you know, even oh, though no, there I'm not are that at majority all. people. I'm yeah. just saying, we the the, the idea of self hate can be determined based on perspective. Like I said, if I lived in a country that was majority black, I might see American actresses and singers who relax their hair, who dye their hair blonde, the same way that living in America I see these Nigerian actors and singers, I might see it on the same level. But because I'm so used to seeing the image of oh, black singers with blonde hair, I don't I rarely think anything of it anymore. But I might think something of it if I wasn't flooded with it every day. You understand know what I'm saying? I mean, you're still gonna think something of it regardless. It may it may be normal to you. But the fact that it's normal to you doesn't mean that I mean, right, it's normalized. The fact that it's normalized doesn't mean that it doesn't it's not reflective of self hate or that it cannot, you know, trigger self hate issues issues for the people involved.
2: Oh, yeah, because, you know,
3: there's a huge issue where, um, you know, there are a lot of black, pe- black people, well, people in general, that kind of worship at the altar Beyonce. And um, one of the, the things that um, a lot of her, um, her, the people that aren't such big fans are always going on about is that, you know, as the years progress, she looks whiter and whiter and whiter. Um. There was one photo Agreed. that I saw of her where it was just like, who is this white chick with Jay-Z? So right.
1: a, a, like It
3: was the first time I failed to recognize her in a photo. And she has one of the most recognizable faces. See Beyonce right. everywhere. And if you turn on the radio, you hear her voice at least once a day. It was shocking to me. And then we have, have celebrities like Little Kim who we see less and less So the changes are more drastic when we do see them. We've seen how she's gone out of her way to alter herself with bleaching creams and with um, um, plastic surgery. Plastic surgery. And Mm -hmm. she's unrecognizable from the girl that used to be in junior mafia. I mean,
0: they both think these changes are great. Yeah, she
3: looks Asian. That's an insult to to Asian women. But, um, Yeah. (laughs) yeah, they both look so incredibly different than what they used to look like. Yeah. No, um, agreed. Agreed. Um, it's kind of it's kind of an issue where again that's that's being normalized though, and people constantly make excuses for it and reasons why that behavior is normal and it's not self hate and things like that. But we keep normalizing um um, you know, very blatant and very insidious forms of dysfunction within the black community and we think that nothing's going to become come of it. But a lot of these, whether or not these women want to be role models, and a lot of them don't, young girls are emulating them anyway. Right. I mean, it's it's the same it's the same sort of thing that happens when you take, you know, someone iconic like Nina Simone, you know what I mean, who was unapologetically black, and you put Zoe Saldana in her in her in her role. Zoe Saldana is much lighter than Nina Simone, and there are, yeah, there she's are not light skin, many. She's definitely lighter than Nina was. Yeah, and she's definitely and she's definitely not. Um, she doesn't have as many African features as Nina did. You know what I mean? Yeah, her lips. Like, her, lips are, her lips are noticeably thin. And, and like right, um, you know, she has a wide nose, but it's not as full as Nina's. Her lips are not are, are very, very thin, and Nina's had you know large full lips. And then there's an issue of her size. Zoe Saldana is right. being very very thin. Nina Simone was not. She wasn't right. I mean, you know, she's average size, average height, um, and yeah. she was the quintessential, typical-looking black woman. Right, and, and that, part in, of her, era, and part of her, yeah, and part of her, and part of her thing was being unapologetically black, like you know, growing her hair natural. You know what I mean? Not necessarily, and and being, you know, and being herself. You know, whether that meant coming out in, in a dashiki or you know what I mean? Whatever. You know what I mean? It,
0: it was yeah. always
3: She was always her authentic self. And so for, for, for black women, you know, it's kind of a slap in the face to see someone who was so proud of who she was and so proud of the way that she looked. You know what I mean? To see someone put in that role who is so different, so very different than what Nina was.
0: You know? Yeah,
3: and, you know, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not trying to announce Zoe Saldana as an actress because she's a quite talented actress, but there is a matter of casting. And anyone who looked at Zoe Saldana um, just physically and then looked at Nina Simone, like, this is a bad casting decision. Honestly, I haven't been this upset with the casting decision since Charlize Stan was given the role of Eileen Warnos in Monster. I'm sure there was a very average-looking, dare I say, ugly but very talented actress out there waiting for her big break, and then they give that role to one of the most iconically beautiful women in Hollywood. Yeah. and they she went through seven hours of makeup every day to look like Eileen Warno's. Right. And this, I mean, again, this is, they she had pretty much the same hair color as this woman,
0: um, and you know, same color
3: eyes and everything. Like, it's not it wasn't even that big of uh, uh, uh an issue, but you know she had to put on um, weight and she was wearing like weight weighted prosthetics as well to make herself look heavier to play the role of Eileen. And this this thing about letting really really um, beautiful actresses They're just people that look nothing like the people they're portraying and giving them these roles where they are they are heralded for playing an quote unquote ugly person so well, and then they show up at the awards show looking the way they normally look. It's kind of like, you know, just Hollywood's way of basically, you know, reminding everyone it's okay to play an ugly person, but it's not okay to be an ugly person.
0: You know, um, You know, um, I don't know, man. I guess I watch enough movies where I, I'm not surprised too much by what Hollywood does to sell a movie by now. You know, when I watch a movie that's supposed to be a biopic about this person, and I go to read up about this person and that person was their best friend didn't exist and that person wasn't even born when they were alive and stuff like that. I just I don't know, I kind of got de- desensitized to it. Unfortunately, yeah. I didn't grow up knowing anything about um um, um I, name slipped my mind. Who's Zoey uh, Soderberg? Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, I heard about her, but I have never introduced to her, so I don't have the reverence for her that y'all do. But at the same time, you know, um, the thing about it is is that Hollywood is going to try to sell a movie based on name, and you can't. And apparently, they believe you cannot sell a movie, especially a mainstream movie to a mainstream audience, unless you have a name that they recognize. You know, that was the same. um, The same John Carpenter ran into the same problem with Halloween. That's the only reason John Pleasance was in the movie because they needed a name. And uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, the same, th- same way. They needed John Saxon just to sell the movie. So I'm looking at this as something, same thing. They need somebody's name to sell this movie. I'm sure, I'm sure, and I'm positive there's a young black actress, almost a spitting image of Nina Simone. Actually, there is there is, there is, there is,
3: there is, there is. And I'm going to get her name for you in just a minute. And this is a person I've been championing to play the role of Nina Simone this entire time. And I'm so pissed off that she didn't get the role because she's an incredible actress. I saw her in um, her debut feature, um, Pariah. And her name is Adepero Oduye. I know who and you're talking about. And she was yeah, awesome. Yeah, her. And doesn't she look like Nina? She really does, actually. She really yeah, does. Her facial features, it's stunning. She could pass for her daughter or young Nina Simone. Like, it's crazy. Hair, skin, lips, nose, everything. And this young woman um, um, played um, Alike in the film Pariah, and she played a, a, a first-generation um, African-American on her father's side anyway, um, who is struggling with her sexuality. This film was True. amazing. It got great critical reviews. Her name is Odeperu Oduye.
0: Okay, okay, they could have gotten her to play the title role and then gotten someone else if they needed a name. They could have gotten somebody else to play a supporting supporting role and still had the name and mm-hmm. have the character look right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's a money machine, so, you know, it's a money machine, and they don't care about accuracy as much as they care about selling the damn story. It probably would have yeah, been a lot I, better. I, you probably would have gotten a much more direct representation if it was an independent film. But, yeah. I don't know. I
3: mean, I agree. I agree with the whole money issue and name thing to a certain degree, but it's not always the case. Um, you know, it, it, it's like okay, I don't know if you guys saw Cloud Atlas, and I, I get that, that what Cloud Atlas was trying to do, but at I one didn't point see cloud they were just at Cloud Atlas. It yes. looked really visually stunning, but I it had you know not
0: what?
3: Done you know what? It's like it's one of those things. Like it's not it's not a very good movie. The concept was better than the film, but God in any case. It. You know, when you would you, would you resort to yellow face rather than put, like, actual Asian, you know, actors in a role, like, mm-hmm. I'm sorry, I, I'm, not, I'm, I'm done. Like, I can't. It's to it's me, well, mm-hmm. more than the way black people are portrayed in American cinema, the way that Asians are, are like, almost completely whitewashed in American cinema. Well, it's so well, much worse. It,
0: in that mm-hmm. movie, some of the Asian actors also played white actors.
3: Yes, um, in, in one instance, but in any ca- but in most cases, though, in, in a lot of American films, Asian men are replaceable with white characters, and it's the same thing with oh, black yeah, characters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's the same thing. It's the same thing throughout Hollywood. Any character of color can be replaced with a white person. Whether we make black or brown or yellow up this white person, they black and brown characters are replaceable. But white characters are never replaceable. That's the that's what the up? thing about Hollywood. Actually, I mean, um, and this is, I wanted to bring this up really quickly before I forget because it reminds me of something really funny. There is an awesome um, YouTube video going around, and it's part of a series. It's called Token White Actor. Mm-hmm. And it's creates it, it an uh, uh, an alternate reality where <laughs> white actors are the minority, and, you, you know, you have this white guy trying out for the, the the male lead, and he's told by the casting directors that are black and Asian that oh no 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 we only need the token white guy to make the hero look tolerant and inclusive. You're going to play the funny sidekick best friend. Exactly. It's actually exactly. really hilarious. Um, ch- check out that video token white guy. It's on YouTube. It's really funny. And as just I was telling you about um, Ademero Oduye, um, who was in Pariah, um, she's actually, um, of Nigerian descent. Um, I guess, which is why she has those, um, you know, really strong features that are so like Nina Simone's. But she actually has a really extensive um, theater um, history, and of course she did the film Pariah. And I don't even know why her name wasn't even brought up to play Nina Simone, but I'm sure um, Nina's family would be less in, up in arms if she were playing the role because the gripe that they have with Zoe playing the role is the mm-hmm. way that she looks. Right. Besides facial features She is markedly Much, much, much thinner Than uh, Nina Simone was And I think it's mm. another thing That's very pro- heavily promoted In the film and music industry Is, you know, being very, very skinny mm. I'm not knocking um, 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 Zoe's weight at all That's the way that she looks But that wasn't the way Nina right. looked Right Yeah, and, and just, you know Reproducing the ideal of, you know Skinny, skinny bodies You know what I mean? And Mm -hmm. that has, you know, that's another thing, too, that needs to be talked about. I mean, I I love, I I think Gabrielle Sibode is actually a really great actress. And I thought it was great, her reaction to the idiots who were on Twitter, you know, um, talking about her weight and the way that she was dressed for the Golden Globes. Mm -hmm. She had a really awesome response. You know, know, I read the novel Push, the novel that um, Precious is based on, long before I ever thought, Anybody I wasn't actually talking novel. about Precious because I, I really don't bring up Precious. Shit. Like, I kind of feel, feel really like that stupid. was a dark yeah. chapter oh. no, but, but of, but like, her, when her hey, career. I read, when I read M. that Raina? book.
2: Hey, yeah. we, we have about yeah. five minutes left just to let you guys know. Okay.
3: okay. Um, just really quickly, when I was reading that book, the way I imagined Precious was exactly the way Gabourey looks. I never thought this would be made into a movie simply because of the subject matter of the book. I thought it was too intense, and actually it's a very mm-hmm. short book and it took me much longer than it should have to read it because it was so emotionally trying. So Mm when I saw that it was going to be made into a movie and I saw who was playing the film, I was completely floored that they would pick someone who so physically encapsulated the character. And the fact that Gaboray could act only with a cherry on top of the cake. Like, it was amazing. Her her performance was amazing. She also is amazing in... um, American Horror Story, Coven, and she's also been in like The Big C, and some other um, different projects. But she's a really good actress, so glad to see she's getting work. Awesome. Oh, okay. So, well, I, I'm glad I'm she's getting work. So I stopped watching American Horror Story back after the first season, but I'm glad that she's still getting work because she really does deserve it as an actress. And now, okay, I'm going to say the end of the show. So everyone, I'm going to say yourself. one thing, one Go. thing, one thing, one <laughs> thing. I actually recommend that you watch this last season. 'Cause that this last season was worth watching. That's it.
2: Okay.
3: So. Okay. Awesome. <laughs> you everyone fun. promote yourself, go. <laughs> uh, um hey well, guys, okay. tune in tomorrow to Free Thought Blogs um, con. Um tomorrow afternoon at one o'clock Eastern time. Um there's gonna be a panel on young women of color and social justice. So tune in for that. Don't miss it.
2: Okay. Um, I'm MC Brooks, uh, one half of the breakbeat. which had a show two days ago uh, on a couple of assorted topics, uh, which is pretty dope. Also had an episode two weeks ago featuring my man, Grip. Um, we also talked a little, about, a little bit about sex work. So go check that out. Follow me on Uh-oh. Twitter, Facebook, all of that. Says, Google me.
3: Okay, Mario and I will be back at our regularly scheduled time two weeks from now at six PM Eastern Standard Time with another awesome show for you. Topic to be announced.
0: Dig it.
3: Have an awesome Friday, everyone. And Oh, and tune in on Sunday for um for Church Hurt Atheist on Kim Show. Sunday. Okay.
2: Sweet. Yeah. All right guys.
3: Have a great evening. Have a great weekend, everyone. See you in two weeks. Bye.
0: thinkers, where
1: well, we walk by sight with a bright flashlight to illuminate night. Free thought. we don't walk by space in the lost mind state because it's not quite safe. We don't recruit, we're not peers from a church. So don't be spooked, we're not here to convert. The only truth is not pulled from a text. Show me proof that's not good after death. This is the challenge to think for yourself. Break it out of the bottle and speak what you felt. 310 982 4273 to get through A venue for community and this is the zone If you'd like to speak with Kim Then pick up the phone 310982-2273 310982-2273 to get through. The next tree branch is Rainer, and it's best you listen to. Reason, science, and skepticism. It's loaded with straight facts, inspiring and dope. She can make Bill Nye retire this lab Humans are hilarious, and every other Friday, I'd like to hear commentary on culture people. So I hit up Super Mario and bringing in Emmeline to discuss why we're capable of ultra evil. It's normal for my brain to have a two-way street, but if there's collisions, well then you got to just mention. It. And don't be afraid of where the truth may lead Ignoring your position of and dissonance My father Teresa preaches it's hard to stop So Kim paired me up with Alfred in the barbershop I have a extended family in all these places now As the free thought tree pollinates rainbow. Yeah. This is the challenge to think for yourself Break it out of the bottle and speak what you felt to get through. A venue for community and this is the zone. If you'd like to speak with Kim, then pick up the phone. 310-982-4273 to get through. Black creeping, where we walk by sight with a bright flashlight to illuminate night. We don't walk by faith in a lost mind state, because it's not quite safe.